Welcome back to the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. My name is Wayne Kimmel, Managing Partner of 76 Capital, the sports tech venture capital company. And on this show, I interview top sports entrepreneurs, athletes, and executives who are shaping and many times changing the overall sports industry. Today, my guest is Travis Williams, president of the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm so excited to have Travis on the show. I mean, he's been the president of two professional teams in the city of Pittsburgh and just talk about all the things that he's done, as well as the overall sports business landscape and how it's changing almost on a daily basis. Travis, welcome to our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, so excited to have you on the show. I mean, you've had such an amazing career already. Uh, I know there's so much more um, that I'm sure you're, you're going to you, you want to do across the sports industry. But I think, you know, to get started, I mean, it would be great to you know share with you know our audience here on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show, you know, what it what it's like being, you know, the president of the Pirates today and what some of the roles and responsibilities that you have as, at, at the, in that role. Well, it's uh, when you're opportunity to be a part of a professional sports organization, it starts with fun, um, you know, and it's not it's not all fun, but it's it's a lot of fun to get up every day. And when you drive your car and you pull in the garage at work. Uh, you get to walk across the baseball field on your way to the office. So uh, there's a lot worse jobs out there that people could have. Uh, and I'm very fortunate and blessed to be able to, to uh, call PNC Park my office. So uh, that, that's, that's, that's where it starts. But uh, hey, Travis, it, that's not so bad. I mean, P- so bad. <laughs> I mean, PNC Park is one of the most beautiful ballparks in the country. I mean, quite frankly, in the world to watch any sport, it's just, it's, it's just spectacular. No, it is. It is. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're biased, but we, we do believe it's the best ballpark in America. I was fortunate uh, early in my career to do some of the legal work around when they were building uh, PNC Park. And it's kind of my foray into sports was early on in my career as a lawyer. Uh, and I've been fortunate that that took me into uh, hockey for a little while. And, and I got a chance to be a part of building a phenomenal arena, uh, PPG Paints Arena. And then I got a chance to go up to New York and be a part of uh, the early planning stages of UBS Arena. And that's a spectacular uh, venue as well, if you've been there. But uh, I've had a I've been I've had a very, like I said, very fortunate career to be a part of professional sports. Uh, it's not all it's not all, uh, uh, you know, uh, roses at all times, as you know, uh, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. There's not a lot of the sexy stuff that people see on the outside. Uh, all the time behind the scenes, but uh, it, we are fortunate to be able to to work in this industry. Well, take us behind the scenes a little bit, as much as you can. Um, what what's what's a day in the life of of a president of, of a professional sports team? <laughs> well, I don't think I think I think the the first uh, the, the start to that answer is there is no uh, ex, you know there is no one day that you you have every day. Uh, I always say you get up every morning, and uh, the nice part about this job and and this career is that every day is different. Um, so you know, one day you may be dealing with a player issue or a player matter, um, whether that be, you know, the, the draft or a, a trade deadline decision that you're making or a decision to bring a player up from the minors and give him his debut and talking through that with your general manager. The next day you may be uh, working with your uh, head of marketing on a large event that we're going to do that is you know, related to our brand. And, you know, the next day you may, be in the weeds on looking at a new tic- ticketing technology uh, in order to be able to propel us forward and, and help sell more tickets uh, to games. So there's no, uh, like I said, no two days are ever the same, which is 
probably the reason I love this so much, uh, this career so much, is that it does give you the opportunity to touch a lot of different areas um, within business. And you know, really, at the end of the day, uh, while on the front, most of what people see is what happens on the field. Uh, what happens off the field is very much similar to traditional business practices. Well, earlier this year, you, you actually, you, it, you had a, one of those moments, right, where you were able to bring someone up from the minors. Um, and, you know, it was it was a heck of a maybe tell a little bit about the background of that. I mean, that was a pretty, pretty special moment. Yeah, no, we uh, um, we you know, those are those are always decisions that you, know, you want to make sure you're doing the right thing and, and bring people along uh, uh uh, you know, throughout their career. And so, you know, we had, uh, we have a very special player last year that we brought up at the very end and obviously brought him up at the beginning of this year, which was O'Neill Cruz. Um, you know, you don't find many six, eight shortstops who can uh, run faster, hit harder uh, and, and throw harder uh, than most any other human being on the planet. <laughs> and that includes all sports. So uh, when you have that type of talent and you're able to bring it along and develop it, you want to do it in a way that makes sense for that, for that athlete, right? You don't want to accelerate it for just pure, you know, fan experience and the fans being able to see it. You want to make sure that you're also developing them and, and bringing them along in a way that helps them succeed because quite frankly, their success long-term is ultimately our team success as well. So when you talk about, you know, this, the day in the life uh, of a president of a team, you know, it, it starts, almost sort of, as you said, a little normal, is normal like a regular, you know, anyone has a regular job, they get up, they drive to their office, the difference is you're driving to the ballpark, but your days are not normal days. Um, the normal day ends and then the game starts, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I, I, that's what uh, everybody always laughs. They said, oh, you must, you know, you get in like, you know, noon and uh you know you hang out a little bit you have the game at five no that's not the way it works i i have a normal you know eight eight to you know six to seven o'clock schedule that most you know business executives have and then by the way i have a game that night that i'm probably entertaining some you know whether it be an elected official or a sponsor or some other vip uh, that is a friend of the organization and bringing them to a game um so i i am i am here pretty much around the clock i think yesterday pulled in the uh, garage about 7 30 in the morning i think last night i was pulling out probably around 10 or uh, 10 30. So, and that's a, that's a normal day when you have uh, a, a big series. Uh, you know, we have a, a big homestand uh, between the course of this week against the nationals and then into the weekend against the uh, Yankees. So uh, I, I, I tell myself, I try to at least take one night off <laughs> from, from each homestand doesn't always work out that way, but uh, I, I, I've uh, tried to train, train myself to do that just to give yourself a little bit of a breather hockey or excuse me, baseball is a, definitely a different pace in volume uh, than what I experienced in hockey. Hockey had nights off in between uh, games, usually, uh, even if they were, you know, they were home for a period of time. You, you, know, you didn't play every night. Baseball, you've, you know, you're taking this in chunks of seven games straight. And uh, to be able to put on a show and entertain a large party for 30 plus thousand people seven nights in a row, that's not easy, right? And the energy level that not only I need, but all of our executive team needs to be able to put on that show and to be able to uh, entertain or have that big party, because that's really what these are, is they're parties for, you know, 18,000 in an arena or 30,000 plus in a ballpark or 50,000 plus in a, in, a, in a football stadium. That's really what we're doing. We're throwing one big party. 
And uh, when you do it seven nights in a row, that, that wears you down after a little while. Well, you know, you've, you're in a, such an, 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 a unique position, I, I would say. I mean, you have a, you, you have a tremendous owner in, in Bob Nutting, um, someone that really cares for the team, the city, um, really wants to put on that show, um, wants to put on a, put a, a winning, a winning club on the field. Um, and, you know, what's that relationship been f- like for you across all the different owners that you've worked with? And, and what is that dynamic? Well, it's, it's funny you mention it. Cause I, I always tell everyone that's thinking about, you know, taking a position like this with an organization or with a team, um, you know, the most critical piece of that is the, the owner, um, you know, don't the, the market, the team, the trajectory, whether they're up or down at the end of the day, doesn't matter because ideally you're there long enough that you're going to see all of that anyways. Um, really at the end of the day, you want to be, uh, you want to work for an owner that you can respect, uh, you can be aligned with, um, cause that alignment is critical, uh, and that you can have a good relationship, working relationship with. And I've, I've been very fortunate. I've had three very different uh, groups of ownership. Um, but at the same time, I've been able to find that common thread of alignment and relationship that's really important to be able to allow me to succeed in representing them uh, on behalf of their their families or their businesses. And so, you know, in in uh, with the with the Penguins, um, you know, I had uh, two Hall of Fame owners. Right. I had a Hall of Fame hockey player and Hall of Fame business and uh, businessman and Ron Burkle and Mario Lemieux. And so. And we obviously had a, a large amount of success. I think you know, the 10 years that I was there, we had three cups. Uh, we sold out every game for 10 straight years. Uh, we opened a new building. Uh, we opened a new practice facility. We, you know, we were doing extremely well. And uh, obviously that helps with alignment <laughs> and that helps with the relationship. So the success did, did breathe that. Um, but even in the, in the difficult times, we made a GM and a coaching change in the middle of that run. Uh, because we saw directionally we weren't going the right way. And even in those difficult times where you have those difficult decisions um, uh, to make, uh, that alignment and that relationship is important. And then I went up to New York and I got to work with Scott Malkin and John Ledecky, uh, who led the, the new ownership there, uh, taking over from Charles Wong. And that was an interesting one because we were taking back over the business from Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment. Uh, Charles had made the decision to move the team there to play it in uh, – uh, in uh, the, their arena in Brooklyn um, and allow them to run the business, if you will, ticket sales and marketing. And, and so that was a unique situation. And obviously Scott and John wanted to take that back over. They brought me in to basically take it back over. And in one year that I was there, we went from 18 full-time employees that were Islander employees to a hundred employees uh, moving our headquarters out to where the new arena was being built. We got a um, you know, the deal done and shovel in the ground. And, uh, then I got a, and, and, and again, that, that alignment of directionally, here's what we want to accomplish. Here's how we're going to do it. And making sure that, you know, not only did I have the skill set to do it, but I had the ability to have a close relationship and a working relationship with them and be aligned on what our direction was. And that was critically important, especially in that, in that first year there. And, uh, I would still be there except for Bob, Bob called me and, uh, I've known the Nutting family for a long time. I knew Bob's dad actually before I knew Bob from days when I was a young associate at Reed Smith and we represented Kevin McClatchy when he owned the team. And uh, I would come over with the uh, senior partner and we would, uh, I would participate in the board meetings, sit there and take minutes as a young associate. 
and uh, got a chance to get to know uh, Bob's dad. And then I got to know Bob as their family started to take a larger ownership percentage uh, in, in the Pirates. And uh, Bob and I stayed in contact, obviously being involved in the Pittsburgh market. It's a small market. Sports is important. And so we got to know each other a little bit through that as well. And he called me up and said, hey, we're going to make some changes. And uh, I'd love to have you come back to Pittsburgh. You belong in Pittsburgh. And I said, I just got up here. I just moved my family. Like, you know, how do we, uh, how, you know, I, he says, have you sold your house? I said, no. He says, good. <laughs> he said, I'm glad you haven't sold your house yet. So uh, I just moved my family up there three months prior because they lagged behind me moving to New York. And, um, and uh, the opportunity to come back to a city I love, um, to, uh, you know, work on, in a sport that I love uh, and for a team that I, you know, started my sports career in as an outside, you know, counsel young associate and to work with Bob and, and the respect I had for him. And really that alignment coming into this job was two things. One, not only the commitment to win, as you, you stated earlier, uh, but there was also uh, that commitment to make sure that the fan experience was at the center of what we do, too. And, you know, winning obviously helps fan experience, right? Fans are happy when their teams are winning, but there's also, you know, even when your team's not winning, you want to make sure that you're providing them with a great experience because as I always say, and sometimes I get criticized for this, but I think it's true. And that is that, you know, your team can win, they can have a bad, your fans can have a bad experience and they won't come back despite the fact that they won. Uh, but your team can lose and I, we don't want to lose, but they can lose. Uh, and you can provide a really great experience and they'll remember that experience and they'll want to come back and give it another shot. So I always, uh, you know, preach that to our, our team, you know, and, and making sure that they always are thinking about the fan at the center of the overall experience when they come to the ballpark. Well, as, as I said earlier, you know, you have a beautiful ballpark with PNC, um, but you've taken it to the next level over the last few years, you know, fortunate, you know, fortunately, I've had the opportunity to to go to a number of games and and really see and experience all the new development, all the new things that you've done across um, it, it, not only what you're doing within the ballpark, now what you're doing outside of the ballpark, what's being planned and things you're, you're working on. Maybe share some of those kinds of things, because it's really been it's it's it really is a really special experience when you walk into that place. Yeah. As you said, we start in a good place, right? PNC Park, one of the, one of the best ballparks in America. So you start there and, and you've got good bones, but um, the experience or the expectations of the fans experience is evolving right over time. And people are interacting with ballparks differently today than they did, you know, 20 plus years ago when this ballpark was built. And so making sure that you, you know, you maintain the integrity of what was, of, of what PNC Park was about, which was sight lines and the views and the overall experience, the social experience while people were at a ball game. And so we, we start, we didn't want to, we didn't want to touch the integrity of that, but we wanted to enhance it. And so we really looked in the first year to enhance the outfield experience, which we saw from many other ballparks. And we, we also brought in uh, Janet Marie Smith, who's widely known as one of the preeminent experts at coming in and kind of, you know, breathing new life into ballparks. And she's done it at Wrigley and she's done it at uh, Fenway and she's done it at LA for Dodger stadium now. And so we brought her on board to help us and said, you know, we don't want to blow up the integrity of what we have here, but we do want to breathe new life into it. She really helped us. So we, we, we created a lot of social spaces. Um, 
in the outfield, uh, different platforms and areas where people can observe the game differently. So we have one in right center where it allows them to look uh, back into the ballpark. And, uh, you know, we have a bar area where people can congregate, they can enjoy one another, and they can watch the game at the same time and stand there and, and have a great time. And we created a new one that overlooks the bullpen in left center field. And then in left field, where the bleachers were, we created two decks of bleachers. And in between, we have a platform or a patio uh, that we can that fans can stand and watch the game. And we've seen tremendous success with these areas. Um, no matter what the attendance is of the game, those are always packed. Those are areas where people are just having fun. And they're having fun being at the ballpark. They're having fun, whether it's family or friends. And that's what is, is great about baseball is it brings – family and friends together, generations of families in particular to come and watch games. And so, and then we sprinkled in a lot of new food concepts and we brought a food consultant by the name of John Sergi on board to help work with uh, our vendor Aramark and create some new food concepts, partner with some local restaurants. And we did that with a couple of different ones out in the outfield as well to really give new life uh, to that space. And it's been, it's been widely successful. And then this off season, this past off season, we did, uh, all of our main concourse concessions got a facelift, uh, some new concepts, some new market areas, adding in technology with kiosk ordering and self-checkout units, uh, really to improve not only the food offerings, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing that, but taking data and understanding how people are interacting with these um, and it, you know, really digging into things like, well, if we have concessions that have both uh, beverage and food and we can do a beverage counter next to it that is beverage only or a self-checkout um, uh, beverage counter, uh, why wouldn't we move people that are in the food and beverage line that only want beverage over to that one and let them you know, alleviate the line so that people who want food and beverage, that line is much shorter, much faster, and they can order in a different way with kiosk ordering and self-checkout as well in those spaces. So we really got dove into it to make sure that that uh, main concourse food and beverage experience was much better. And we're already seeing it in our uh, NPS scores uh, and speed of service is, is increased. So good, good results so far uh, through that work. But that, again, you know, all about the fan experience at the center of those uh, improvements, brand new scoreboard, brand new team store. Um, so a lot of fun things that we did in the off season. And then this uh, um, season has really been focused or this coming off season is really going to be focused on that experience from the outside in. And so we have a new plaza and uh, retail space, which will be an experiential restaurant that we're doing across from our home plate entrance. And then in left field uh, and center field where the Clemente bridge comes from downtown and people can walk across that, the new team store from the outside in. And we did some experiential elements that are outward facing there on game days as well. And so the whole idea is that on both sides of the building, as people approach it, they're, they're starting their experience of being a, at a Pirates baseball game from the outside in. And that's really how people are consuming it today. Their, their experiences are starting from the minute they you know buy their tickets and they have to have a great experience on on buying the ticket, they have to have, you know, you have to be able to tell them how to get to a game quickly, avoid traffic if you can. That parking experience has to be exceptional. And then that walk into the building, you want them to start getting energized, excited, and have fun for what they're going to experience once they get inside. And uh, you want the focal point still to be the game, but but you want to you enhance it with all these other elements uh, that you're adding into it. So if you can provide that experience, like I said, overall, um, I think we've won. Um, despite the outcome on the field. And then, of course, also 
you know, we, in, in the outfield, you have that Diamond Kinetics batting cage. Yes, which, exactly. uh, we're, we're, both, we're both excited about. <laughs> it to be one of your portfolio companies too. No, <laughs> no it's uh, that's great. Now, Diamond Kinetics, uh, CJ has uh, uh, been a great uh, longtime friend of the organization. Uh, obviously, both you and, and uh, you know, 76 Capital and the Nutting Company, TNC Ventures, have, have, have been there from the start for them. I think CJ really enjoys that relationship, but from a, from our perspective, uh, it just is one additional feature that we can add into the overall experience. Um, and the technology that they have is really fun for uh, both kids and adults to engage with. I mean, it's fun. You know, you see mostly kids in there, right? Because I don't think adults don't want to be embarrassed that they're in the cage looking who like you know who do I swing like? Uh, but the swing match uh, the technology that they have has really been a, a, a great fan addition and feature that we've added into the kids area out there in, in the cages. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. And that relationship with CJ has expanded even beyond that and doing things that they have uh, with their baseball and their uh, batting technology, being able to do that with our community in a community uh, way with our RBI program, which is our inner city baseball program that the pirates uh, work on with the city of Pittsburgh and help uh, sponsor. And we do a lot of camps and clinics with kids. And part of that this year was um, the ability for Diamond Kinetics to hand out the technology that they have to kids and allow them to be able to train at home. So it's been an absolute win-win in terms of what we can do in ballpark and what we've been able to do in the community with Diamond Kinetics. Well, look, you, you have this unbelievable passion for what you do. I mean, every time I see you, there's a smile on your face you're excited about what you're doing i mean what what does the future look like for you and for for the pirates well i think uh first and foremost uh bringing a championship uh to uh the city of pittsburgh that's um if, if you read our uh, our strategic plan and our mission statement uh, championship caliber organization is certainly what we strive for day in and day out and, and we're we're laser focused on that so trying to bring a championship to the city of pittsburgh and it can be done the economics of baseball are what they are Small market teams, it's difficult to win. Uh, we don't have the, the you know, endless resources to be out in the free agent market like others, but we can't make that an excuse. And so therefore we have to figure out a way to win. And we've got the right team in place led by our GM, Ben Charrington and his team. And, and I'm, I'm highly confident that we're gonna be able to do that in the next five years. And so I'm, I, that, that's where it starts. Uh, but off the field, I think you know, continuing to figure out how we can improve the fan experience. And like I said, fan experience, in my opinion, is not just um, when you're at the ballpark and sitting in your seat. And, you know, it's also, you know, that fan experience at home. So how can you enhance the at-home uh, experience as well when you're watching it uh, on television or, you know, where whatever device you're watching it on these days, which is ever-changing, uh, but continue to make that experience great too. And you've got to also enhance the in, the in-ballpark experience to match the at-home experience. Right. I think that's what all sports is. You know, that's a challenge that is is not just for the Pirates, but is a challenge that all of us have to do. And that is how can you make that experience as comfortable, enjoyable, exciting in ballpark as it is to be able to sit at home on your couch and have your favorite beverage and food and and, uh, you know, with your clicker and watch multiple sports. And so we, we need to be able to do that. Um, and I think that's where really the industry is going and figuring out how can technology add to the at-home experience so they feel like they're live and how can the live experience feel as comfortable and enjoyable as it is and, and quite honestly is is you know on demand as it is at home and that's that's going to be the I think the pivot point within sports in the next five years 
and hopefully we're at the forefront of it. And, and we certainly think about it uh, daily. We you know try to work with local partners and technology to figure out solutions for that. And I think if you know if I were an entrepreneur thinking about where my next mark is, I would think that's you know that's really where other than performance related technology, which obviously helps on field performance. I really think the fan experience component and how technology can work to do that. Sports betting is a piece. Um, you know, I think that engages people and keeps people interested in sports. Uh, maybe even when the score is not, you know, is a little bit lopsided in a game, but you know, you can have a micro bet or a prop bet on something and, and make it enjoyable and fun to watch every moment and create moments within a game that are, you know, fun and exciting. But I think we as we, we as executives uh, in this industry, probably all of us have a challenge of figuring out those two components with the live and, and at home experiences. What is that relationship as a, as an executive, as president of, of, of a major league baseball team, do you have interactions with other um, major league baseball presidents, major league baseball itself? How does all that work? Yeah. Uh, well, within the league, we have you know regular meetings, both owners and presidents meetings that we all gather around and kind of a set agenda by Major League Baseball based on topics that are timely. Obviously, right now, a lot of us are talking about thinking about uh, the RSN industry and where that is. Um, that's a big focus of ours as well and figuring out a solution for next year. Um, but we on a, on a regular basis, I talk to a group of presidents that are you know not only similarly situated markets, but facing a lot of the same uh, issues and, and challenges that we have ahead of us. And so I talk to them on a fairly regular basis. And then I go outside of that network too. I go outside of baseball because frankly, you know, within baseball, you kind of, uh, you want to avoid groupthink um, where, you know, we're all thinking about baseball and solving it like baseball executives do, but I still tap in a lot of times to my old hockey network. Uh, obviously, I have great relationships within the, the marketplace here in Pittsburgh. Uh, my former boss, uh, the CEO of the, uh, the Penguins, went over to the Steelers. And so uh, and I've known Art Rooney and, and their family and, and their ex executive team for quite some time. So uh, collaborate a lot with them on a lot of different issues. And we talk a lot about the challenges of our marketplace. And uh, I absolutely know the, the, the uh, Fenway Sports Group guys fairly well from our baseball connections. But now that they own the, uh, the Penguins and I have a lot of obviously my old contacts from my days there. And so we talk a lot about the challenges uh, from their perspective. And so it's 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 a good collection of uh, others. And then there are some just groups that you, you stay in touch with that people put together panels, discussions on specific topics and you try to stay as timely, just like you and I talk about, you know, you know, esports and entertainment in general and technology and sports, you know, when you're in town. Um, I think those conversations are some of the best ones when you just, you know, you, you're, you're one-on-one -on -one with people in the industry and you say, Hey, I've got this issue that I'm dealing with. How are you dealing with it? And uh, sometimes that information sharing, idea sharing just in those settings is probably the, the most important ones to help you formulate an idea or solution to something that you're, you know, a challenge that you have ahead of you. Well, you know, Travis, this has been amazing having you on our 76 capital sports leadership show. As we start to wind down the show, I, I have to ask you, I mean, you won three Stanley cups, you know, like, like what was that like? And did you get to drink out of the cup? I mean, like, I, <laughs> that, that, that I, I will say those were pretty special moments. Um, I think, you know, I would say everybody always asks me, what's the most, you know, if your favorite moments in your career. And I, I say, obviously, you know, first and foremost, my, my fa favorite moments in my life are the family that I've created, right? I've got six beautiful kids 
uh, who are in academics or who are in sports and who are in the arts and theater. And I love each and every one of them uh, in their passions that they're pursuing. And I have a beautiful wife who, you know, not only takes good care of me and lets me do what I do for a living, but also makes sure that they have, uh, they have what they need to, to be able to pursue their passion. So I'm, I'm fortunate to start there uh, every day, just like I'm fortunate to be able to drive to PNC Park for work. But I, I think the, the, you know, f- some of my favorite memories certainly are when we won the cup, um, uh, the three cups. And I was, you know, when I first got there on the uh, the first cup in uh, 09, I just started in 08. My first day of work was the first day of the Stanley Cup finals against Detroit in 08. And we lost. And so I'm thinking, hey, you come to work every day and you go to a Stanley Cup finals game. Right. And, uh, funny story. My my uh, my boys the next morning after we got eliminated in the 08 uh, finals, my young, my, my oldest now, who's 24 and, and at the time would have been what an 08, he would have been uh, uh, nine years old. So the day I get up after uh, after we got eliminated, I got up, I was getting dressed. I was getting ready to go to the office and he looked at me and he says, Dad, where are you going? And I, I said, I'm going to work. He goes, well, you guys lost. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it doesn't quite work that way. Well, do you think I sell popcorn or what? <laughs> I've got to go to work and figure out how we're going to win the next one. So uh, it was, I was fortunate in 09 that we did uh, overcome the, the tough uh, Red Wings team and won. Uh, but then you know, we had a period of time where we were really good, but we just couldn't get over the hump. And we did make the change with the GM and the coach. And then 16 and 17, the back-to-back cups were really special to be in that period of time because – um, I, you know, along with David Morehouse and a lot of other people, we had our hands in kind of putting that group together with Jim Rutherford and Mike Sullivan. And, uh, you know, you obviously start with uh, Sidney Crosby and, and uh, you know, Chris Letang, Marc-Andre Fleury. And the, the, te- the, 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 the team that we had assembled was, you know, had superstars, but it had really good culture and, and, uh, and talent around it um, and, and a, you know, good had a really good vibe and you just could tell it was something special. And so winning those two was really fun. And I, I was fortunate that my, uh, uh, my boys were able to go to San Jose and be on the ice with us. And we raised the cup together uh, when I got it handed to me at the end of the line. And that was really special. Uh, we did get cut for a day uh, and all three cups, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, I, we did all get a chance to drink from it. My kids got a chance to eat an ice cream sundae out of it, which is kind of cool for them. Um, and, uh, we had, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with it. We did a lot of special things too, with, you know, charities and took it to people who otherwise were less fortunate, would never be able to get a chance to do that. Um, I got a chance to, my, my name's on it twice, which is kind of cool. My, you know, won't go off for like, I think 45 or 50 years or something like that. So it's kind of cool. It's my, that's my fun fact when you have to do those fun facts about yourself that nobody would know. That's my, that's usually my fun fact. And, uh, and then I think my favorite part of it was, was that uh, I was, I, I uh, after we won the first cup, we went to, uh, I went on vacation to the Jersey shore. And um, at that point in time, we had all the ring manufacturers from all over the country trying to ask us to use them to, to design our rings. And uh, nobody wanted to take responsibility for telling one yes or one no. So somehow when I came back from, from vacation, they said, we appointed you the person that's going to take the lead on designing the rings. So for the, that ring and the three, the two rings on the back to back, somehow I was anointed the guy who was going to lead the charge, obviously with a lot of input from a lot of people. Uh, so I got a chance to also be involved in that. So there's some really special moments woven in 
throughout that that just uh, you know good good memories along the way. A lot of good stories, a lot of good memories, uh, but a lot of hard work went into it. Hey, I, I had no idea you were a jewelry designer. I, I, I did neither. <laughs> was there was there a special thing that you kind of thought of to to do that was maybe different than some of the other rings that they in the past? We we really tried to weave in what was important to the team and and whether it was the slogans that they said. Um, you know, that were kind of their, their slogan or their, their mantra that motivated them. Uh, we inscribed that on the inside, uh, which is kind of cool. It had special meaning only to them. Um, we tried to do, you know, some, some neat things along the way in terms of number of diamonds translating into numbers of wins and stuff like that. But uh, the stuff that, you know, a lot of, a lot of other teams have done, but uh, we didn't get, I always joked. I said, they felt like a trophy on your finger. Like they weren't wearable rings, right? They kind of got gaudy at a certain point. And uh, cause you see the ones of the guys who won them in 91 and 92, like Mario would bring in his rings from those, that era. And they were wearable rings. Like guys would probably, you know, still wear them today. But these things, they're in a box locked away in a safe. And, you know, someday my kids will pull them out and wear them. <laughs> they're too big and heavy. They're, they're just... <laughs> Which is, you know, it's, it's just, it's just part of, you know, par for the course, right. In, in where sports is gone. Well, I hope you get the opportunity to do that again. I, um, I do as well. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I told Bob, I'm, I came here to be able to do that uh, across the river and for a different team. And, it would not only be special for me personally, but quite honestly, I, I, I don't do it for me personally. It's for the city. Um, it's a special sports town, as you know, and, and uh, to be able to do it for them and to the fans who have you know, long, long waited and, and certainly deserve a championship. And then to be able to do it for the Nutting family as well would be really special. And I hope I get that opportunity and we're certainly working hard as hell to be able to do it. Well, Travis, again, it's been awesome having you on our show. Travis Williams, the president of the Pittsburgh Pirates, has been you've been amazing and 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 been a great friend and so happy to have had this opportunity to have you on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. And I wish you the best of luck and hope to see you soon. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate it. Take care. <laughs>